This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. How the feds treat cryptocurrencies makes all the difference in the world for the businesses that facilitate crypto trading. Getting to that regulatory certainty means understanding key differences among tokens, trading platforms, and other related businesses. Cato's Jack Soloway and Jennifer Shulp draw out the elements that ought to define any crypto regulation going forward. The two of you have had various recommendations for how governments ought to treat crypto, specifically our government, because there has been such a weird disagreement. There have been a lot of agencies that would like to claim total control over the regulations that govern crypto. So before we get into the substance of our discussion today, what broadly have been those recommendations? Absolutely. So I think you hit the nail on the head, Caleb, that up to this point, and frankly, continuing in the US, there is a lack of regulatory certainty over the crypto spot markets. Can crypto tokens trade lawfully in the US on exchanges based on shore in the US? And as you mentioned, SEC and CFTC, the Securities Exchange Commission and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, have been disputing jurisdiction so far in the US and not making life easy for customers or developers or entrepreneurs. And so Jen and I, through a series of proposals that we've discussed previously on this podcast, um, would like to see regulatory clarity brought to the crypto ecosystem. And the core recommendation that we make for how to do so is to understand the differences between different types of crypto tokens, specifically those that are centralized and those that are decentralized as a way to understand which regulator is the appropriate one in this space. Uh, Jen, what difference does it make whether a crypto token is centralized or decentralized? We think it makes all the difference with respect to which regulator should be involved. And that's because the centralized crypto tokens present different risks than decentralized ones. And the types of risks that a centralized crypto token presents is similar to the types of risks that the securities laws were designed to deal with. Um, those laws were meant to focus on kind of information asymmetries that arise from a manager of a company knowing more about the company's financial prospects than a potential investor. For a centralized crypto token, you have a centralized body that's similar to that manager who might know more and have more control over the project and its financial success or its ultimate ability to get the job done as it's defined the job. In those circumstances, securities law treatment might be appropriate. But where there isn't a centralized body, there is no reason for that information asymmetry to exist in the same way, and certainly not in the way that the securities laws contemplate I would say regulating that asymmetry. So decentralized tokens are a lot more like a commodity. When you think about it, it's, it's more like a piece of gold or an orange or a cow. And where a commodity looks more like that, it's appropriate for the Commodities Future Trading Commission to be the authority that um, regulates in this space. 
Let me try to draw the parallel out a little further because you were talking about how one crypto token might look like a commodity, another one might look like a security. The difference is that you could walk away with a commodity and somebody can't then intervene to regulate the quality or value of that commodity, whereas a security, there are people involved in the active management of making sure that that security actually delivers on its promised value. Is that basically what we're talking about here? Yeah, that is basically what we're talking about. You've got a centralized party, a manager, someone in the middle who has control over the project. And that control leads to them having the ability to control the product's future. And that's not the case when you're talking about a commodity. It is the case when you're talking about a security. And it makes a lot more sense for the securities laws to apply in those circumstances. Based on recent moves, hearings that have occurred in this space, what gives you hope or what makes you less certain about the prospects of treating crypto tokens appropriately by regulators? Absolutely. So I tend to come into this space with pretty low expectations. So it doesn't actually take that much to give me a little glimmer of hope. I try to be an optimist about these things. But recently, we did see some developments that were positive. There is a joint effort from the House Financial Services Committee and the House Agriculture Committee, who respectively oversee the SEC and the CFTC, to try to bring some clarity to crypto regulation in the US. And recently, the, the two committees introduced what's being referred to as a discussion draft regarding crypto market structure that does get to the heart of the matter that we've been discussing in terms of which regulator is most appropriate to have jurisdiction over which facets of the crypto ecosystem, which types of crypto tokens. And encouragingly, not only did the bill sort of take on directly what we consider the tough questions in this space, and unlike perhaps some other efforts that have been undertaken so far, has not punted on those tough questions, um, it also takes a similar view that we do in that centralization, or the lack thereof, really is the key criterion by which to judge whether crypto tokens are appropriately considered securities or commodities. Jennifer, what gives you more certainty or less certainty about what the future holds for the treatment of crypto by regulators? Look, I'll take Jack's glimmer of optimism. There were hearings held on that discussion draft by both the House Agriculture Committee and the House Financial Services Committee over the course of the past two weeks. And watching those hearings, I think there's reason to be optimistic here. The House Agriculture Committee had, say, a number of witnesses, one of whom was the chair of the CFTC, who is supportive of this type of this regulatory framework, generally. And there was a lot of good engagement with the bill from members of the House Agriculture Committee. The House Financial Services Committee also, I think, similarly had a lot of good engagement with the bill. Both committees obviously want to get down to brass tacks and are interested in say, solving this question, which is say, not something that we've always seen out of Congress in the past. This is a difficult set of questions. And I think as, as all of this has been going on, we've seen the SEC continue to march along its path of enforcement. 
Over the course of the past two weeks, the SEC has brought major enforcement actions against two of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges, Binance and Coinbase, which has kind of brought all of this to a head in in as much as anyone who might be displeased with the way the SEC is handling the situation, whether that person is in Congress or not, now needs to look towards Congress to make progress here. I think Congress, I would say the House at least, is dedicated to coming up with a solution. Um, And given the fact that one of the major problems in the crypto regulation space is the uncertainty that Jack noted at the beginning, but is also the fact that that uncertainty is not being matched internationally. Um, Lots and lots of other jurisdictions, the European Union, Singapore, Brazil, I mean, I could go on and on of major economies that have crypto-specific clear legislation on the books is just continuing to grow. So Congress is really in a position to clear up that uncertainty at this point and seems to be taking that seriously. Let me take your glimmers of hope and try to squelch them as best I can. (laughs) Please. That's what we're here for. I saw an interview on Bloomberg with Gary Gensler of the Securities and Exchange Commission. may have been the first time I've ever actually heard him speak, but the the language that he used broadly took all of the distinctions that you all are making uh, between tokens that might be controlled by an individual or group of individuals versus tokens that are essentially like a watch that's been set and then released. Then it's just, it's going, it's a going machine in a way. And he was, it appeared to me at least, intentionally blurring all of those distinctions and glossing over the fact that, you know, for example, an exchange is different from a token and that where there are people involved, that's really seemed substantively no different than a token that is, uh, in a sense, autonomous, that there are many participants, but no one is truly in control of it. You know, what does that tell us? Well, nothing squelches a hope like Gary Gensler. But I think it tells us that the SEC is not going to veer from its position, that what we could expect to see out of the SEC is continued enforcement action and no rulemaking, which is not a particularly popular opinion, even among people that are in Gary Gensler's party. So whilst Gensler has his supporters... I think that the, I hesitate to call it a charm offensive, we'll just call it an offensive that he's been going on lately, is not winning a lot of additional support. And it risks losing some of his natural allies in as much as trying to make rules through enforcement rather than through rulemaking. Even if what you truly believe is that the SEC is the proper regulator for all of this space is not the way to go about doing it. I agree with that. And and I will just add to your point, Caleb, about blurring of the distinctions in this space. There is an argument, and it's one, in fact, that Jen and I have engaged with, that crypto tokens can begin life as securities, but over time evolve into commodities. And granted, this is a new concept, a new concept that's enabled by technology at the heart of cryptocurrency innovation, but it's one that requires some thinking 
And it's one that I think reasonable people can be forgiven for finding challenging. But to your point, I think there's a way in which folks that want to take a sensible, rational approach here can dive into the weeds on that and try to come up with sensible legislation that provides clarity. Or folks can take that complicated issue and to your point, Caleb, just use it to wave hands and further blur these issues and sort of leverage regulatory ambiguity to one's advantage and facilitate a regulatory land grab. And to the discussion draft's credit, it has tried to grasp the nettle, at least, of issues like this. What happens when a token is introduced that more closely resembles a security? And then over time comes to more closely resemble a commodity. And there are pathways and provisions in this discussion draft to at least try to provide a pathway to allow project to conduct these processes lawfully. Jack Soloway is a policy analyst and Jennifer Shelp directs financial regulation studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.